By the time you hear this podcast, who is it? I want you to sing something a cappella for me if you oh, can. Oh, no. What can I sing? Who uh, is it? You know, that whole do that little beat thing. Mm. Since we're here in the theater. Oh, boy. What can I sing? Who is it? Um, Where did that he he thing come from? It just comes out of, out of singing. Wait. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we're back with episode 58. Thank you, everyone, for listening so far. And if you're watching on Facebook Live, we definitely appreciate it. Actually, it just might be you right now. Uh, (laughs) We'll get some more people, I'm sure. Yes. So uh, we are on Facebook Live right now as well. Um, Thank you to everyone who's listened and downloaded so far. If you want to tell someone where we can be downloaded, um, well, there are many different ways. First of all, we would direct you to our website by the time you hear this dot com. Yes. <laughs> um, to where it's a, it's a blog style website. You can listen to our episodes and uh, also look at links and videos to different uh, topics that we talk about pretty much Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um, you can also um, go to our Facebook page facebook.com slash by the time you hear this spelled with the word you Uh, that is also the same spelling for the website if you want to get with us on other social media such as the fancy Instagram by the time you hear this spelled with the letter U because we're kneeling no we're upstanding we're upstanding (laughs) we are kneeling we're kneeling (laughs) And we're not bums either. I'm not a bum. You is in the second letter of bum. <laughs> you bum. <laughs> like he uh, might have been drunk when he wrote that. You bum. <laughs> I can only hear it in like Mickey's voice from Rocky. <laughs> you <You're> bum. <laughs> He's a killer. Oh, <laughs> Marty, a rock. Um, but yeah, that. Uh, that's also the same spelling for our email address by the time you hear this at gmail.com we can send us your questions your comments your show ideas if you're an independent artist we'll play your music and discuss it for absolutely free Mm -hmm. and um, if you want to download or stream our podcast there are several ways to do that Uh, iTunes aka Apple Podcasts there's Google Play TuneIn, Overcast, Auto Radio uh, Castbox, Satchel Podcast Player, and with Satchel Podcast Player, there is the 
uh, option of searching for other podcasts produced in your area. Awesome stuff. Yes. All right. So um, let's get into it, man. All right. Uh, music news. First, we'll start. We'll start with the charts. Okay. How does, that, does that sound? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we have a new number one song. Again. Again. Uh, Taylor wasn't up there for very long. Mm-hmm. The number one song is Bodak Yellow by Love and Hip Hop alum Cardi B. For some reason, <laughs> every time it came up, for some reason, Kendra was like, Cardi B, Cardi B. Is that how she talks or something? <laughs> well, she's from New York. Okay. So she, you know. Cardi B. I didn't get it. I was just like, bad New York accent. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, uh, what's fun, what to me, like, I watch Love and Hip Hop and Ben does not. No, I do not. Uh-uh. <laughs> but for her being on there, like, she definitely has the star quality. And what she has accomplished by mm-hmm. having this number one song is what everybody else on that show is trying to do. Which is has crazy. <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, isn't it full of people trying to get hit? Songs? And they weren't. <laughs> they, they, you don't hear about them so outside of that show. What may, How was she the breakout star? Well, one, it's the she has she like she has the charisma, the, okay. the star quality, okay. a lot of energy. Uh, she's really funny, especially if you follow her on Instagram okay. or Snapchat. Um, and she just like went for it. She came out of nowhere. I mean, uh, a former stripper or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but she's like, well, I want to do this music thing. Um. I still have. I haven't heard the song in its entirety. I'm. I'm. I'm just happy for her because <laughs> basically she like left the show, right? So it's like she got out. She got out of the hood. <laughs> she got. She got out of the hood. That is love and hip hop, and now she has a number one song. So, you know, it's not like you'll leave the show and then you kind of just fade away. You mm-hmm. know, for people who know who I'm talking about, she didn't need rich dollars. She didn't need Cisco. She didn't need the Gwinnin Fest. Who you Cisco? She, she didn't need Yandy, different Cisco. Okay, uh, <laughs> it's like man, like you're. She didn't need any of. She didn't need Mona Scott uh, to get this number one song. Um, so it's, uh, I'm happy. I'm happy for her. like she was the. She is. She is the biggest star. She is bigger than Jocelyn Hernandez. They're probably never going to be in the same room together. Uh, so, but. <laughs> She is the biggest star in the history of this show just by having this success because no one no one associated with that show has chart success like this. I mean, maybe, maybe Omarion, who was on Love & Hip Hop Hollywood, he had the, uh, the song Post to Be, which is only really known for one line. I'm not saying that line. <laughs> that, uh. that song is only known for one line. Well, hold on. Um, Mario was he, he had some success before the show, though. Well, yeah, there's some people who had success before the show, but not. But she's after. the one to where we first heard of her on this show. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's what you know. Mario's been on the show. Ray J is on the show. Oh, God, is on the Love and Hip Hop Hollywood. Um, who else do we know that's been on there? If you well on this, I'm I'm watching Love and Hip Hop Hollywood now. And do you remember Brooke Valentine? No, she had the song "Girl Fight." Yes, yeah, I remember that song. She's on the show now. Oh God. Um. Uh, who else is on? Well, Ray Ray J is still on there. Uh. Oh, um, 
Fizz, Lil Fizz from B2K. <sighs> He's on there. <laughs> oh God, D- D- D2K is yeah. Chanel West Coast, who we. I don't know any of her songs, but she's known for Charlemagne just roasting her on MTV a few times. I'm still waiting or for Or maybe at least once. <laughs> Directed by Chris Stokes. Yes. When that comes out. When that, yeah, that, that'll be... It's going to be on BET. Live tweet that. <laughs> um but yeah, uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I haven't listened to the song in its in its entirety, but I will at least give it a listen. It's okay. Um, I mean, it's you you have listened. To I it? have listened to it. I listened to it over the weekend, and uh, I was in T Town, aka Tuscaloosa. I think part of her appeal is like her social media following. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has the fan base there. Yeah, as well. So I think that helped it along, which does help. Yeah. Uh, with the rest of the charts, number two moving up, well, actually debuting at number two is Rockstar by Post Malone featuring 21 Savage. Uh, number three is Look What You Made Me Do by the Fake News of Pop Music. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four uh, it was number three last week, 1-800-273-8255. That's Logic featuring Alessia Cara and Khalid. Uh, that is the number for the suicide prevention hotline. I watched that video. It's a really sad video. It's it's a I mean it's a sad song, but it's an even sadder video. Yeah. Um, and you see, a lot, I did see a lot of Facebook posts like, "Hey, could you share this or or copy and paste this?" And it's you know suicide prevention hotline. It could save one person. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's for the song. The song was made for a reason. So yeah. Um, I would recommend giving it a watch, and I will watch it too. I've never seen the video. <laughs> it's it's long. It's got um, um, Luis Guzman and Don Luis Cheadle Guzman. in it. Okay, yeah. yeah, it's got some star power. It's like a short film. So, all right, yeah. Uh, number five, Despacito by Luis Fonsi, Daddy Yankee, featuring the Spotify champion <laughs> Justin Bieber. <laughs> uh. Number six, Unforgettable by French Montana featuring Sway Lee. Believer by the retired 2K Legends. Number eight, Rake It Up by Yo Gotti featuring Nicki Minaj. So he's got another song that is... (laughs) If you see, if anyone who's on Instagram a lot and you see the um, comedians, well, quote unquote comedians, Comedians. (laughs) make these sketches that a lot of them are just whack, but they'll probably use a... a, um, before when down in the DM was, that was very song. popular. I forgot that was Yo Gotti, wasn't it? Uh, they probably use this song now for some reason. A lot of videos I've seen is with these sketches from these Instagram comedians had to do with getting cheated on or cheating on someone. Or cheating on, yes, because they were cheating on someone or picking up, you know, women are getting swayed, uh, not swayed, getting curved by women. Um, so a lot of, you know, just women. Yeah. Yeah. That's LA for you, they, and uh, <laughs> and they try they, they try so hard to be funny, and they're just not. <laughs> they no, try so hard. Um, number nine is "Attention" by Charlie Puth. I need a nickname for him. We'll find one. Yeah. What Nick Jonas like? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> not Nick Jonas's uh, well, songwriter Charlie. Puth. <laughs> I would say because he's had a bigger hit though. He had um, "See You Again." So yeah. like he's you know is Nick Jonas Charlie Puth like like is he <laughs> have to wonder you know, um, and number ten, feel it still by Portugal the man, 
not familiar with song. them. Uh, I heard that song at work. It um, it's known for its chorus kind of its chorus samples uh, Mr. Postman. Like, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Oh. The chorus kind of sounds like that. Okay. Um, are they kind of indie-ish? Yeah. Okay. Very, very. very well, with the man like Portugal dot the man, I yeah, would imagine. Very indie-ish hipster. You'll hear it at any shoe store in Little Five. Um, <laughs> Portugal dot death cap for cutie the man. <laughs> um. So yeah, that is the top ten of the Hot 100. Now with the Billboard 200, these are the albums number one debuting at number one. Foo Fighters, Concrete and Gold. Um, I've heard a couple of songs and I like them. Uh, I haven't checked out yet, but I plan on yet. it. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, people will like this one. I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know who the, like the mystery guests were yet. I haven't got through the whole album, but apparently that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, Love is Rage by Lil Uzi Vert. Excuse me. Love is Rage 2 by Lil Uzi Vert is number two this week. Uh, it was number one last week. Life Changes by Thomas Rhett is number three this week. Number four, Damn by Kendrick Lamar. Number five, 17 by XXXTentacion. Um, the video for Look At Me is, it was kind of, it was like, okay, he's, you know, he's kind of weird. And then it got dark really quick. Is that the, is, he's the one with all the face tattoos, right? Is that him? Because I've seen a lot of there memes lot with of him. Them. Yeah. Well, he's the one that has like blonde dreads on one side and black on the other on one side of his head. Okay. I'm thinking of someone else then. That's crazy. Um, it got dark really quick. Uh, the imagery, it may take, I I want, I will try to make sense of the video. So I would just recommend watching the video. It's not for the faint of heart. Um, okay. Number six, American teen by Khalid. Number seven, love yourself colon her by bts yeah the, that's uh, the uh k-pop yeah group yeah number eight evolved by the retired 2k legends number nine did it for the party by big and rich they're back <laughs> they're back <laughs> they're doing the super bowl um, i can only hope that there's a feature from cowboy troy i can only hope i'm about to check not. i'm about to check i i doubt it <laughs> Um, and number 10, Stony by Post Malone. Um, and just for fun, we have to check where is Katy Perry? <laughs> um, witness, wait, yeah, that's the new one. Witness, yeah, is number 57 this week, mm. up from 158. So that means there's a new single out. Or that's a little bit better. <clears throat> that's a little bit better. All right, and last but not least, we'll check the Artist 100. Well, they put out a new album, so of course, they are highly charted on the Artist 100, the Foo Fighters. (laughs) They are number one this week in the Artist 100. Number two, Taylor Swift. Number three, the Retire 2K Legends. Number four, the most influential artist in black music. Number five, BTS. Number six, Post Malone. Number seven, Bruno Mars. Number eight, Thomas Rhett. Number nine, Niall Horan from mm. One Direction. And number 10, Lil Uzi Vert. So I'm sad to say he is not on the Big and Rich album. 
Mm. Um, it looks like his last single was in 2016. So I might start um, Cowboy Troy Watch to see when he does <laughs> something else again. Because I think, you know, we need to... I got excited. I thought he played guitar on it. Some guy named Troy Lancaster. But that's not him. His name is actually Troy Lee Coleman III. Mm. Well, so he would, like, I, I posted that video about um, hip hop. Mm-hmm. And they're like, should hip hop exist? Um, and basically, what they describe hip hop as is um, southern white rappers, basically like southern white rappers who, you know, if they they have a confederate a confederate motif, possibly, mm-hmm. or it's the, the deep south, and they talk about, you know, you know, being. A, Living the country life, yeah, basically. Bubba Sparks, <laughs> yeah, Bubba Bubba that Sparks is kind of like the baseline, kind of yeah. like the foundation for hip hop. I feel like he kind of changed with that album he did with the song with um, Deliverance, not Deliverance, Deliverance. He was he was he was country rap like yeah. that album. Um, the stuff he did with Timberland at first, yeah, with ugly. That's as pop as he as it's gonna get. That's and as I, pop as it gets. And I think Timberland was trying to like. I have the Eminem of the South. I think that's what Timbaland yeah. thought. I have the Eminem of the South. You know, he's from LaGrange, which is south of Atlanta. We gonna do this. We gonna do this. And he just was like, he just wasn't, you know. But yeah. That was like the foundation for it. Now, with hip hop, I first heard the term hip hop, and I think you did too, from Cowboy, Cowboy Troy. Troy. Yeah. And basically it's like country rap. That's how they sound. But... If you watch that video, this is hip hop allowed to exist? Um, they have a Confederate motif uh, base. It's like tra- it's trap music, but white people doing it. It's yeah. basically white people doing trap music and big trucks, and uh, they look like they're having a lot of fun. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I've never gone trucking, but I don't. It seems like it could be fun. Like if you have a big truck, yeah. Because I used to watch monster truck stuff when a kid, so I don't know. It could be fun. I wouldn't want to die, but. It could be fun. Um, so, yeah. Um, all right. We got some other stories here. Uh, first, rest in peace to Charles Bradley, yeah. a.k.a. the Screaming Eagle of what do they call him. The Screaming Eagle of Soul. I've never heard that, but I like that name. I like that nickname. Um, he passed away on. Um, was it Saturday? I think it was Saturday. Yeah. Or was it Sunday? Because I know I texted you when I saw it. I was in the, I was in mid conversation with someone. It was the twenty third, so that was Saturday. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I was in mid conversation. I think with someone in Alabama. Yeah. So I uh, passed away from uh, stomach cancer. Sixty eight years old. Um, uh, blues singer, soul singer. Yeah. However you want to put it. A lot of comparisons to Otis Redding. Mm-hmm. Um. He did not, uh, he was basically like a, a local performer in, um, in California, New York, Seattle, someplace in Canada. He was a James Brown impersonator. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I got the first time I heard him is more James Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he was, uh, someone heard him performing and, and, and he got and he hooked up with uh Daptone Records and recorded his first album in 2011 at the age of 62. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um 
definitely better late than never. Uh, yeah. He was also in the um, documentary Soul of America, which debuted at the South by West, South by Southwest Festival in 2012. Um, he was in the uh, his second album is called Victim of Love. Um, I think it was the 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 first one, uh, his first album, No Time for Dreaming, that had the Nirvana cover on it. Right. I'm looking now. Mm, yeah, Stay Away. Yeah. Okay. The cover Nirvana, Stay Away. On his final album, Changes, which came out uh, last summer, he did a cover of Black Sabbath. Really? Um, nice. I'm looking to see now. So, yeah, he uh, had to cancel a tour. Um, and he, uh, um, he passed away, uh, over the weekend. Um, I've heard of him and been heard of him from his cover of stay away, which you heard listening to the right time with Bomani Jones. He will play that song coming out of a break. Uh, he was also on an episode of Luke Cage, yeah. uh, where he did the song, ain't it a sin. And he was also on an episode and of an episode of American, American Dad. Dad as Krampus as Krampus. Singing uh, Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, rest in peace to to Charles Bradley. Um. So on a few, uh, well, maybe a, I don't know how long ago it actually was. I thought that this year with the Tupac movie coming out, this would be the year of the Tupac Biggie revival. Mm-hmm. So of course there was a two-hour special uh, called "Who Shot Biggie and Tupac." In which they, um, in which there is an investigation of the, uh, of those murders twenty years after they've happened, and they're still unsolved. Uh, this aired on Sunday. I haven't watched it yet, nor have I. Um, but uh, it uh, it is uh, produced by Ice T, and he also co-hosts it with uh, Soledad O'Brien. Um, what, what can, what can one expect with this, with this show? I I'm, mean, you've heard, I've heard a lot of theories like the, with Biggie, he it was actually a former cop that, that shot him, but there's no forensic evidence. Mm-hmm. It was just a couple of circumstantial things that may link him. Um, the guy who was closing in on it. He got shut down and then he passed away. <laughs> um, was it connected to was that cop who may have shot him or may have set something up? Was he connected to Tupac in some way? Um, I have no clue what to expect. Was it this. Orlando Anderson who shot Tupac after he got beat up in the casino in Las Vegas? You know, I, I'm, those are just a couple of things I, I remember hearing that, that kind of stood out that even sounded remotely like some kind of evidence. And, um, it's very sad that these things remain unsolved and you, and they kind of just turn into memes for now. Like yeah. people like, Oh, y'all, y'all spent all this money. The FBI spent all this money to find Tom Brady's Jersey after the Super Bowl. <laughs> Because some dude just walked in and stole it, but y'all found it, which was um, very funny, by the way. But yeah, but y'all didn't, y'all can't. <laughs> or you heard uh, uh, Dave Chappelle's joke. It's like, <laughs> it's like uh, y'all can't find 
Tupac and Biggie's murder, but y'all arrest the O.J. Simpson the next day. <laughs> Nicole Simpson can't rap. <laughs> I want justice. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. This, I mean, at this point, I, and I guess I have to watch the document. But I mean, I don't know what what information there is out there. Like yeah. we're chasing a cold case. I mean, if you think about this, this was twenty years ago, man. Yeah, like this was twenty years ago. Like you. I would probably say up until a few years ago, I was like, oh, yeah, Big and Tupac died just a little while ago. No, this was 20 years. I was in middle school when this happened. Mm -hmm. So at this point, like, are we beating a dead horse? Is it just are we dragging their names out of the grave just to make a few bucks? I mean, like, I would hope Ice-T is not doing that. But, like, that's almost what it feels like. We're going to, you know, dig up these corpses to make a few more dollars. Let's talk about who shot. Like, this would have been relevant 10 years ago. This would have been relevant, but nowadays it's just like, eh. it almost makes me think of that episode of Boondocks, where I think it was Gangsta, was it Gangstalicious? Mentions like, yeah, I was inspired by Biggie and Tupac. And he talks about like, whoa, going kind of old school there. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that kind of is. It's like, yeah, these dudes haven't been around for like 15 years at this point. So I don't know. It's just, I'm, I, I guess I'm kind of like let bygones be, unless you really have, like, unless like at the end, they were like, oh, yeah, and by the way, this is who did it, because we know this empirically, without a doubt. What'd you make it for? And didn't it come on Fox? Yeah. They're the same people who did the, like, oh, let's let's uh, do alien autopsies. So, you know, <laughs> they talked about the moon landing being faked. So the bar isn't very high on Fox. No offense to Fox. Sorry, not sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't know. Like, what do you what do you expect to get for this? Okay, let's go over everything again. Yeah, and then let's consider all these crazy rumors and conspiracy theories because mm-hmm. that's what most of it's going to be. Um, there's not a lot of evidence. I mean, there are some witnesses. Um, there, there's actually like some video evidence. It's kind of weird that if there's any video evidence now, like. Mm-hmm. So someone just had a camcorder in 1997. Yeah, because nowadays, yeah, that would make sense. Back then, no video phones. You'd have to have a fairly large camera. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, and I, I feel use like VHS tapes nowadays too. You can like a lot of this information you can look up and find. Like yeah. 10, 15 years ago, before the internet was what it is now, that stuff's harder to find. It's harder to research nowadays. I mean, it's just, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it just seems like this be easier. Like I could have my own little Biggie and Tupac documentary (laughs) if I wanted to, you know, but I'm not iced tea or Soledad O'Brien. So (laughs) nobody would watch. Um, uh, Okay. Let's see what else we got here. So, um, this was a really I I did I I guess it's interesting that it's beef. It was there was beef, but between these two guys, um, they are totally different. Mm-hmm. But you don't you don't get a whole lot of there aren't I don't think there are a whole lot of rap beefs when the two guys are so different as far as like their style is different, their market is different, their fan base is different. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so basically, uh, Too Short was on uh, Questlove Supreme, uh, Pandora radio show hosted by Questlove, co-hosted by Fonte, um, to where he talked about uh, his beef with MC Hammer. 
which is <laughs> funny in and of itself. Uh, Too Short and MC Hammer, of course, both from Oakland. And um, he said it upset him to watch Hammer be embraced by the music media in a way that he wasn't. And he said, a microphone and a blank cassette was all I ever needed to make my hip hop successful. E-40's been my homie forever, so E-40's up the street doing his thing. But when you talk about Oakland, my counterpart was MC Hammer. MC Hammer, if you let me tell it, was going around Oakland. He's very famous for dancing. He's very popular for his run being around the Oakland Athletics Association or organization. He's popular. A lot of his friends with the high school with me and with his whole crew. But Hammer had a dude named Ace. They used to dress alike and be at the clubs doing the same dance moves and shit. <laughs> then they get a crowd around him and he was popular. So I knew he was a dancing dude. I knew that was Hammer, but I didn't know his fucking name. <laughs> and then uh, he said, then he came with these records and it's like one day you see him. He's got like four bodyguards. He's got an entourage of like 20 people. Now I remember this shit clear as day. Somebody was like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> I don't know who the fuck that is. I don't give a fuck. I'm popular. I'm famous. We mob deep. I'm in this motherfucker everywhere we go. I heard MC Hammer about MC Hammer a few times. Finally, somebody connected the dots for me. So he knew who he was, but he never figured him to be a rapper. Now, that's just and then funny. All of a sudden, he's the biggest star in Oakland and then around the world. No, I, th- I think that's hilarious. Because um, <laughs> we never heard that. We never heard the the diss tracks like, you know, like. But then again, who wants to be known as the dude that disses, you know, um, MC Hammer? Although I think let me check this off the funky headhunter. Um, he had songs that were supposed to be diss tracks at people. And on Wikipedia, I believe they were they said who they were. And now that you mentioned that, I want to think I saw that he had disses. So he had on the funky headhunter, it's all good, which was, I think his lead single off of that. It's all good. was a diss track to black sheep and red man. Oh yeah. Cause red, red man had a, had a run in with hammer. I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, to where there were, there's a, there's a clip. It was probably from DJ. I think it was an interview with DJ Vlad, but he said, um, like with hammer, like he was like, it was like, it was like, fuck Hammer, fuck his whole family, fuck what? his mom. And then like <laughs> he was in Oakland or somewhere in, in L.A. or it might have been the last episode of UMTV Raps or something like that to where they were like face to face with each other. <laughs> and he was like, hey, all right, this got to stop. Stop <laughs> talking about my family. You know, stop talking about me like that. But the way he was saying it, like. Redman was really intimidated by him. By MC Hammer? Yeah. And he had, he had like, he had, well, they say he had four bodyguards and probably had more than that. Oh, okay. That I thought maybe it's because he so. was so ripped. <laughs> <laughs> but the way he came at him, he's like, yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hammer. Yes, sir. Um, oh, God. Okay. So, something- and then you've heard, you've heard that clip on the MTV. Like, uh, I don't know, it's Andre 3000 or Big Boards. Like, run up on Hammer. <laughs> See oh, what happens. Really? Oh, Hammer is wow. not one to be to be messed with. Hmm. Okay. Um, something for the OGs was a diss towards Run DMC. <laughs> um, break them off something pop- proper featuring Too Big, MC, and Suge Knight was a response to Q-Tip, Rodney O, MC Search, Black Sheep, Run DMC, and Redman. Oh, third third base came at yeah. Hammer a lot. Like they made a song about him. The uh, Pop Goes the Weasel. Weasel. Yeah. Yeah. And then Funky Headhunter. Was wow, he just did not like 
MC Search, Q-Tip, and Redman. They they really did come at him, man. Man, he just... They really mm. did. I might have to go back and listen to It's All Good again. That's funny. <laughs> and all these diss tracks. That's hilarious. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, um, oh, it said... Um, it said, I was doing lines at Hammer. We all were. I had a lot of songs at Hammer and Hammer references. So, I'm saying shit like that in the record. We're down the street... Uh, talking a little shit about each other to our mutual homies. <laughs> There'd never be any friction because they thugs and we thugs and we all know each other. But Hammer do shit like sit on the fucking couch with Arsenio Hall and say, where are you, where are you from, Hammer? I'm from Oakland. How's hip hop out there? Well, I'm the only rapper from Oakland. <laughs> like, I'm never going to be invited at Arsenio. You go sit there to the whole fucking world to lie. Like, he would do shit like that. <laughs> and that was his character. He poked, I poked back. <laughs> Um. So yeah, Dipsy mm-hmm. Hammer Too Short had beef, but he never came back. He never came back at him. That would have been hilarious if they had it. If they had like a real, you know, yeah, the um, Oakland Wars. So they would eventually work together. They're all they're all friends now. <laughs> um, and he should learn how to yeah. do the Running Man too. Then he would have been. And so it got to a point where we're like, man, let's just go there with him. Let's just all go out, all out, go there. And Hammer's brother called him, called Too Short and said, man, I know what's going on. I know who y'all are. I know all the shit. We just got off tour. We getting home. We've been through hell out here on the road. Somebody got killed. All kind of shit happened. If y'all saw that VH1 MC Hammer movie. While Hammer was on tour with uh, 2B Smooth and Soul Lixer, which I still don't know who those guys really are, but um, they uh, someone did get shot um, during the tour, I think. So it's probably something similar to that. And he wasn't asking. <laughs> uh, he's talking about his Hammer's brother. said, bruh, we are not coming home to this bullshit. We not. It was so real what he said. So it was like, all right, it's all good. So basically, after it escalated the most, it just took a phone call to squash it. Mm. So the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they said there, everybody's cool now, and um, that's good. Yeah, that's it. I'm glad everyone's cool. Um, in other news, Common, uh, he's he's very close to making history. Um, Would he be the first rapper to do this? Yes. Okay. So, uh, through his music, um, Common has won, well, it's a Grammy first. Um, I know he won a Grammy. Um, he's got three Grammys. Uh, he, wanted, he won one for Love of My Life with Erica Badu for oh, that song. Love that song uh, from his album Finding Forever a song he did with Kanye West called Southside and for the song Glory with John Legend he won a Grammy for that but the same song he won an Oscar and a Golden Globe uh, for that song for best original song and he just won an Emmy for outstanding original music and lyrics uh, which is uh, for the, well, for the song "Letter to the Free," which he did with Robert Glasper for the um, Ava DuVernay's thirteenth documentary, 
So uh, he won an Emmy for that. So he has an Emmy, a Grammy, well, a couple Grammys, <laughs> uh, and an Oscar. So he is a Tony away from the EGOT for those who um, who watch 30 Rock. A <laughs> 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 um, uh, Tony away from the EGOT. So um, there, there's, there's got to be a musical coming. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Probably, probably far off. If you probably gets with Lin Manuel, Lin Manuel, Lin Manuel Miranda, mm-hmm. who, um, for those who are not familiar with that name, he did In the Heights and uh, Hamilton. Um, maybe they can get together and put together a hip hop musical. I could see that. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's he will be the thirteenth person in history. Yeah, I was reading that Whoopi Goldberg did it. Yeah. Hmm, I don't think she gets credit for being as talented as she is. <laughs> no. Um, I, you know, outside of Ghost and Sister Act, I don't think anybody that she gets a lot of recognition for her work. That right there should be enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, it's based, it's the Entertainment Grand Slam, uh, pretty much, and he's won category away I'm surprised they don't call it the quadruple crown because then you have the triple crown but yeah EGOT just sounds it sounds more fun is is that from 30 Rock or is it just that's where I first heard it okay um, with Tracy Jordan's character he wanted to get an EGOT mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was trying to do different because he had like basically Tracy Jordan's character. If the, if 30 rock is loosely based on SNL, right? Ba- loosely based on SNL. Uh, Tracy Jordan is, was part Tracy Morgan himself. Mm-hmm. Um, Eddie Murphy, Chris rock and okay. Martin Lawrence. Like he's a combination of all those guys. Gotcha. So as a star comedian, you're doing these movies, but they're probably like bad, really bad movies. So then was, um, Alec Baldwin's character supposed to be like Lauren Michaels. Um, not exactly. Okay. I think it was part Lauren Michaels, but the way his character is introduced, he doesn't know anything about television, but he does know about not like like a a, a sketch comedy show, but he knows about advertising and marketing. Okay. Because okay. basically, like, if in a, in a twisted way, Thirty Rock is like one big commercial for General Electric. Hmm. Okay. All right, I've never seen the show, so yeah, um, it could be looked at. It could be looked at that way. So, um, but yeah, we'll see what what Common does on the on the Broadway stage. Um, this is a story that, of course, you have to talk about because it, it's it's kind of interesting. And then, like, well, it probably wouldn't work. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Jay Z allegedly rumored to have. Um, turned down performing the Super Bowl halftime show. Um, sorry. Uh, my first reaction to that was, what would have been a set list anyway? Mm-hmm. I think he might have opened with 99 problems. Maybe. I don't know. People would have been mad at that. I, I do remember, have to... and, and you, I know you've heard this. We have to protect white people's feelings. Oh goodness! I would. I wonder if he would have opened maybe with, or maybe this is too much for the Super Bowl. A um, 
numb encore performance with a hologram of Chester Bennington. I, I, I could totally see that. I could totally see that. Holograms are all the rage now. Possible. I could see that. Or, um, Dester Soldroff. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> he can't. He can't. And like, who you with? With, with the <laughs> artist who does it, they normally they had an album just come out, right? Yeah. He can't do anything from four forty four no. on there. <laughs> no. I mean, maybe he gets Justin Timberlake out there. He and... probably can't even do anything from Magna Carta Holy Grail on there. Oh, please, Tom Ford. <laughs> doom, doom, doom. I could just see that. <laughs> He'd have to do the songs that he was a feature on. He'll have to do like suit and tie. Well, that's what I say. Yeah, get get Justin Timberlake out there to sing the hook to um Holy Gra- Martin Holy Grail, um or maybe do um. Hey, you know what? Why not dig up um. Ah, oh, God, what song was he on? Can I get a, <laughs> a ja, Rule ja Rule and a mill? Ja Rule needs the money. <laughs> Some legal fees, um, or he could do. Now, now, now I'm thinking of the features. I, I mean, honestly, I would, I wouldn't mind it just because one of my favorite performances was the um, Jay Z Unplugged. So, like, you know, Heart of the City, Girls, Girls, Girls. Like, I wouldn't mind hearing these songs, but like, yeah, Hard the, Knock Life, Hard Knock Life. But it's got to be. But he has to do something inspirational at the end. What would that be? Um. H to the Izzo, C to the Izzo. <laughs> like that's inspirational. That's like, yeah, you know, shizzle for my nizzle, needs to drizzle down in V8. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. No. Or, or, um, he sings proud to be an American, <laughs> but Lee Greenwood. <laughs> it has to be a trap, a trap version. Yes. <laughs> like he gets up there and he just starts singing it. For some odd reason, I don't know. I, I've never heard Jay Z sing, so well, he's kind of sung his hooks a hook or two. I don't know, or maybe he does Bonnie and Clyde with with uh with Beyonce. I mean, I, I imagine he'd bring her out to save the you show. You know, you know what he'd have to do though. What? Um, I don't think yeah, we didn't play this on the show, but remember we played the uh, if if uh, Quavo did the national anthem. I that is he'll have to he have to do a verse over that. That would unify <laughs> America. <laughs> Dogs, dogs sleeping with cats. <laughs> uh, shout out uh, to Bill Murray if you're listening. But yeah, well, I know you heard it um, when uh, it was mentioned on uh, Bomani Jones' show. Uh, said people don't know the words. Nope, no one would know the words. <laughs> That's why it wouldn't work. As much of a Jay Z fan as I am, too, I don't know how many of the words I would know. I just be like, mm, wait till, ain't no love in the heart you of the city. People know the hook. <laughs> Um, and then the, the way they do it is like, they have all the little kids doing something that ribbon or neon lights mm-hmm. or something. And it's supposed to be connected to the United way. I think. Yeah. It's typically connected to some charity. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> what kind of charity would associate with themselves with Jay Z? I mean, the thing I'm just thinking about that in terms of how people in middle America think, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this and, isn't, and his his set list will be very limited, yeah. and it has to be clean. Yeah, no one no one wants to see a rap concert in which it, it's censored. Exactly. So just go out and get Ed Sheeran and just be done with it. Just get, <laughs> just get Ed Sheeran. He'll rap a little bit, and it'll be clean. It'll you know he'll, but it'll just be him and his 
his old acoustic guitar though. Well, I could see him doing a full set. Like he could do, he could do sing, which he kind of raps in, um, and he could. Um, do people know the words? <laughs> I don't know. Like they probably know that line where he said, "Singing, we found love in a hopeless place." Like they know that. Like I imagine that's the line where everyone like we found love in a hopeless place. Like they would all sing along to that. Um, yeah, I. I know we've talked about this. I think in like one on our first, within our first 10, 15 shows, we talked mm-hmm. a lot about the Super Bowl halftime. Yeah, we did. We did. Um, I still like the Taylor and Kanye to where somehow they don't. They know don't that know. The other somehow is also... it's kept secret. <laughs> um, and also, um, one that I think it might happen. It might turn off a lot of male fans. It might turn off a lot of adults in general. One Direction. I could see that as a reunion one, show. At, at like a reunion, they do a couple of their of their song their hit songs together, and then everyone gets a little bit of a solo spot. I could see that happening. That actually that would be huge, actually, but only for teenage girls. So yeah. that I think that would be the worry. You know, who else wants to watch One Direction besides women or girls between the ages of eleven to sixteen? Yeah, um, or. Or, and I think this would break television, NSYNC reunion. Yeah. I could totally see that. Now, they'd all have to agree to it. But I, I but you know what? I think, I don't think it would be NSYNC. It would be Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. And you know how Beyonce had Destiny's Child for uh, yeah. a few, few seconds? NSYNC comes out. <laughs> NSYNC would come out. Yeah. I could totally see that. Because I would say the Backstreet Boys, but I think NSYNC would, would go over better. Yeah. Because you could, you still have Justin Timberlake is still in the public conscious. So yeah, have Justin Timberlake come out and say, "Hey, I need some help," and then like Instinct just like pops up, and like or like you just hear like it's tearing up my heart. No, it's gonna be they're gonna you have they have to do bye bye bye. That too, yeah, they'll do do that that one. Or oh, oh, okay, I could see that like. I was like, I need some help. You just start here. <laughs> hey, hey. Boom. And then, All of course, the there's the pause. Yeah, the smoke. There's the pause. Like, And they have to do it Michael Jackson-like to where it's just like a minute of just pausing. <laughs> They're staring at the crowd. We'll see the, we'll see the NFL films uh, documentary a few years yeah. later. All right. Come on, Justin. Come on, come on Justin. Do it. Do it. Do it, do it. Do we it, were just waiting. We were like, should we cut? And we just waited. He's like, no, no. no. Wait for the cue. We wait, wait for the cue. Wait for the cue. <laughs> and then he goes, hey, hey. Boom. <laughs> Bye. And then we were like, oh, God. Thank God. Thank God. And we, JC would just be we like. We can produce this. We can produce the Super Bowl halftime show. JC would just be like, that minute felt like 10. Like just, <laughs> but you know when you're when you're up there with Justin and he's such a genius, you know that's what you do and like, and like you just see like Joey in the corner, like man, get off his nuts, man, get off. His nuts. <laughs> he ain't giving you a job, man, get off his nuts. <laughs> he's not writing a song for you, okay? Oh God, because uh, Pharrell is not producing your next single. <laughs> I just imagine it at some point in all of their post careers, post instant careers. Each one of them, other than Joey, and I don't know why I think Joey's the one that holds out, each one of them has had to have, like, tried to get a favor from Justin. Like, I just see Joey as the one who, like, for some reason would probably just be like, no, I'm good. Well, he hasn't hasn't tried to do any, well, I don't know if he has, like, tried to do 
solo music. He's he's been on TV a lot. Yeah, be hosting shows, um, being or being a, a regular on TV shows yeah. like Entertainment. Tonight. I feel like he was on Entertainment Tonight or Access Hollywood or something. I know he hosted the singing the sing off. Yeah, okay, I could see that. Yeah, or the singing beat. It was some. It was a. It was one of those like talent competition yeah. shows. Um, but not really like you see him trying to do music. Yeah, like as a singer. And he's the only one. I don't know. I just feel like even at some point, Chris Kirkpatrick was like, "Hey, man, I'm just trying to get my solo career off. <laughs> Can you help me out? Cut the dreads, and we'll talk." You know why he got the dreads? Why? Well, dreads break that. Those were those are micro extensions. braids extensions? <laughs> he, he cut he them, was, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. I wonder what he looks like now. It was to distract from that he was that he was his hair was thinning. Was it, was it really? Is he bald yeah. now? It's it's kind of it's kind of thin. Oh. Or Chris. to make him look younger because he's the oldest one in the group, I think. Oh, he was their Kevin. Their Kevin Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm in NSYNC, but I'm 45. <laughs> I need Propecia. <laughs> But it was really to distract that he was. Yeah, I mean, come on, look at that. Those braids look ridiculous. He'd have to get in shape <laughs> if he did yeah. this. Him and Joey. <laughs> oh, that's sad. He'd have to. Yeah, he'd have to really work at it. But hey, they're old, they're in their late thirties, early forties. So hey, Lance Bass still looks good. Lance Bass looks like he could get out there and dance again. Yeah, Lance Bass is kept in shape. And of course, Justin. <laughs> what can we say about Justin? I mean, he's he's, he, um, he's the sting of the group. Yeah, that, <laughs> he's the Beyonce of. The he's group. the Beyonce. He's the sting. He's the um, insert lead singer here that yeah. you didn't even know they had a band. <laughs> like I remember, Monario mentioned that once. He was like, "Everyone knows who Sting is. Only a few people know the Police. Like people know the Police, but like it's Sting." Everyone knows Beyonce. You have to remind people that she about started Destiny out in Destiny's Child. Child. There, I, there is a generation of kids who know nothing about Destiny's Child. They just mm-hmm. know Beyonce. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, do you know that song, Every Step You Take? Oh, yeah, the one by Sting. <sighs> yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. sure, yeah. Roxanne <laughs> by Sting. Sure, why not? Sure. Has he done not? one? I feel like he's done one. Sting might be a good one. Uh, um. Um, Super Bowl. He would have fit in when they were giving it to the old guys to be safe. And I think he probably would have put on no offense to no offense to the Rolling Stones, who are still good performers. No offense to the who. No offense to Tom Petty, who I thought was actually very solid. But I think Sting would have been better. Yeah, I think Sting would have. He works with better musicians. He's a little they, bit more exciting. They had the NFL had to overshoot it after the Janet Jackson Nipple incident. Slip, yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, and uh, I think it's time. It's time for the NFL. It's time for America to forgive Janet Jackson. I already forgave her. And Justin Timberlake. Because mm-hmm. he he distanced himself so fast <laughs> from that. We totally forgot that it was kind of his fault. <laughs> he was like, oh, snap. <laughs> You're welcome, America. Like, really <laughs> Yeah. So, But I think Sting, I would have probably said Sting in place of like the who. That, that, been one, a much that one was show. weird because it's just two of them. Yeah. The other two are dead. Yeah, definitely. Staying. That one did not make sense. And you could have brought out, you know, um, Stuart Copeland and Andy Summer. You could have brought them out to do a song. They're cool now. Yeah. So they hated him. That'd be an interesting show right there. Just how much they hated him. <laughs> <laughs> like they just hated Sting. 
So yeah, the break the breakup of the police. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so that'll do it for our music news. Um, and uh, we'll get to Ben's earworm of the week momentarily. And while I pull it up, why don't you tell them about it? So courtesy of NBA 2K18, um, if you're a fan of the game, wait a little bit. It needs some patching. <laughs> um, I don't know why I decided to um, to pre-order it. I don't know why. Because my locker code doesn't even work. So I don't even get the VC. Um but the locker codes they release them on Twitter and like within five seconds they don't it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> but it's I mean it's an interesting game. The players look more real. But besides the point, a lot of good songs on here because my other one and it might be this one next week is a song by Big Gigantic featuring Logic and Roses is is really good. But um, Stephen A. Clark, who of course has um, Lonely Roller, what's the name of the EP? Is it Lonely Roller? Uh, the EP is called. Uh... His EP was called Late. Late. It just had three songs. But his album is called The Lonely Roller. The Lonely Roller. So he, he had the song called Can't Have. And um, he got a remix of it done by a DJ named Ape Drums, who did a really good job on it. Pitbull, I guess, heard it and used it as a hook for his song Can't Have. Which, honestly, the lyrics are kind of introspective. For um, It's not about partying. <laughs> it's actually about you know all the things that he could not have when he wasn't famous so you know he talks about like i love the line he talks about how we used to dream about you know, used to clean these houses and dream about living in them and now we have them i thought that was a pretty cool line i remember when i first actually started paying attention to what the hook was i was like he's singing about heartbreak <laughs> and how he wants what he can't have and you know pitbull's rapping about what he couldn't have as just i guess a poor he's from puerto rico or was he from dominican republic um I don't, I don't know, know where Pitbull's from, but I just know he's Mister Three Hundred Five, so I yeah, just he's assume Miami, Miami. But like he just, ref, you know, so it's it kind of goes hand in hand. I like both versions. I uh, Cuban, he's Cuban. Cuban. I like both versions. I especially love like just the remix where he sings. But I mean, like the as far as Pitbull songs go, it's not a bad Pitbull song. Yeah. All right. And the other version's not on Spotify. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is Pitbull. Uh, featuring Ape Drums and Stephen A. Clark. This based on Stephen A. Clark's song, uh, Can't Have, and we will be right back. Ape Drums, Stephen Clark, and yours truly, Mr. W.W. <laughs> I told you once, I'll tell you twice. The grass looks greener on the other side Till you get to the other side Thinking about the crazy things we used to do for the fame, for the power, for the fortune. Duck prison, duck death, I'm fortunate. It was all a dream. Now I wake up and live it. Thinking that the sky was the limit. 
till I figured out the surface on the moon. Now I'm like, get out the way, bitch, move. Papa, I'm laughing. Fuck the other side. I'm always gonna rap three or five till I die. Everybody knows that this go gon' ride. Now I won't kill you, but I watch you die. I'm always gonna rap three or five till I die. Everybody knows that this go gon' ride. Now I won't kill you, but I watch you die. Everybody wants what they can't have, right? Woo! Alright, that is Pitbull featuring Stephen A. Clark and Eight Drums. Can't have. Uh, that is a was it just a single. It was from an it was from an album. I can't remember which one. I think it was Globalization or um, Global Warming. All of his he got weird. He's got a bajillion of them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's actually from Climate Change. Climate Change. So we know how he feels. <laughs> <laughs> we know what he believes in. Yeah. All right. So we started our episode with um, a clip from um, an interview that Oprah did with Michael Jackson mm-hmm. back in 1993. And um, it was actually his first TV interview in like (laughs) 14 years, something like that. Um, And this is still technically Michael Jackson Appreciation Month. So um, previous album that we had talked about was Bad. Uh, and basically how it was the follow-up to Thriller and one of the most anticipated albums mm-hmm. um, of all time. It did well. Just that decade. <laughs> it did well, but compared to Thriller, it's trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about the follow-up to Bad. <laughs> I wonder if people are like, dangerous. why don't y'all talk about Thriller? Well, because yeah, we don't want to. That's too easy. Like, that's too easy. And yeah, there's no easy way out. Go watch Rocky. He'll he'll tell you. <laughs> so we're talking about the follow up to Bad, which is Dangerous, released in late 1991. Um, when I looked at the like reading about the history of it and how it was put together, um, especially with the music videos, this is mm-hmm. when really his music videos became like with Thriller. The mu- he he he. Everyone had to step up their music video yeah. game with after with Thriller because of Thriller, and it was really just based on two videos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, everyone had to step up their game with Bad. He he made it a viable art form. Like yeah. this is going to be around 
forever. And he went and got like an actual director. He got yeah, Martin he, Scorsese. He got, he got movie directors to do yeah. music. He had well, he had John Landis to yeah. do Thriller. Yeah. So he had he had Martin Scorsese to do Bad, and then he made a movie out of an anthology movie mm-hmm. about uh, well, based on the album Bad, and then with Dangerous, the music videos became events. Yeah. I remember, larger than life. <laughs> I remember, I'm sure you did, um, black or white, and remember the time uh, Premiered premiering on Fox. on Fox after In Living Color. Yeah. <laughs> and like staying up at night to watch it. Yeah. Like it was a school night. <laughs> but it was like, you know, Sunday night. you got to, like, oh 10. man, everyone get around the TV. Like, and I just remember like, and now presenting the world premiere of black or white or black or white by, um, by Michael Jackson. And they showed the whole thing in its entirety with him and turning into the Panther and destroying everything. And like, that was when it was just like, okay, like he, he's taking it there and they weren't just like simple music videos. Like he was, you know, the, I I just can't describe it. Like, you know, going from that one scene and it cuts into the other scene where he's dancing with all the native Americans. Yeah. And then the face morphing at the end, you had never seen anything like that before. I mean, it was just, it was larger than life. And not only with the videos being events, the videos having star power. Black or white had Macaulay Culkin, who was the biggest star, the biggest child star on the planet. Yeah. He's probably, I would probably consider one of the biggest child stars of all time. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, this is when Home Alone 2 (laughs) just came out, you know, or about to come out or something like that. Um, and it had George Went, who Cheers was still a big show at the time. <laughs> he was the father, wasn't he? Yeah. I forgot about that. They weren't on the album version, but they were on the video, in the video. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember the time. Uh, it's one of those stories, videos that were like, man, they got every famous black person they could find. Yeah. He had Eddie Murphy. He had Iman. He had <laughs> Magic Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> it was directed by John Singleton. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there was like some more other black people in that. Tony um, Lister. Not Tony Lister. Tommy Lister. Yeah. Debo was in it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it had the, it had star power there. Um, and then all, but not just with the music videos, also with the, the music itself. Um, you know, this is considered pop R and B, but also a new Jack swing mm-hmm. album. Um, and it was actually Quincy Jones yeah. who suggested Teddy Riley uh, to Michael to to help him with his neck with this next album. You know, uh, after Bad, um, Michael and Quincy did not work together again. Yeah, uh, I have to wonder what could have happened. But well, I, it was I think it was one of those things to where the relationship had run its course. You know, it's time for. Maybe it was time for Michael to go another route. I think in Quincy Jones's view, yeah, it was time for him to go another route. It wasn't like a bad breakup. It didn't seem like. No, it didn't seem like. I just wonder what we could have had had they kept working together. Would we? Could we get another? Well, I don't. Well, would there have been growth though? Would there have been growth from Michael Jackson though? You have to wonder. I don't. I mean, I don't know. And it's kind of like. Would you care? But I don't know. Cause like, of course, like we want another thriller. Well, I don't want another thriller. <laughs> I want to grow. So like maybe, you know, maybe it just happens automatically and he just, you know, he leaves anyway. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm curious to know, but we'll never know. 
Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, I think it was just looking for another direction. So you bring in Teddy Riley, who at the time is, you know, if for people who are not sure, who are not familiar with Teddy Riley, if you look at what, um, someone like a, a Timblin or a Pharrell, um, or if you want to go even more current, you know, a Mike will made it a DJ mustard. Mm-hmm. That's what Teddy Riley was between like 88 and 93. Only he didn't <laughs> tag every song with his name. Cause right. that was, he thing didn't have do. a producer tag. <laughs> um, but he had a very distinctive sound. Yeah. Um, that, that was popular at the time. And like, this is, this is, um, like this, this became the calling card for Teddy Riley. I think like yeah. this, this legitimized him, um, for life. He probably still eats off of this album. Let's be real. Oh yeah. I mean, this was, this was bigger than anything he ever did really before or after it was bigger than any of his work with black street. Um, this was, it sold 32, before, it sold 32 million black copies. Street. Yeah. You know? So, well, yeah. And that's why, you know, anything before or after that he had done like, and that's, certainly nothing to be ashamed of i mean <laughs> you could have um you could have worse things happen to you but it's kind of like you know it was huge for him you know yeah. it was huge and it really kind of went on to influence michael jackson's sound really for the rest of his career i think um he worked with him on a couple more songs later so this wasn't you know the last time they worked together yeah um and i felt like with invincible when he got with the thing he got with like dark child yeah he was looking, he was, I think he was still chasing that sound. Um, kind of got it like with rock my world. Like, I mean, honestly, like some of the tracks that were on invincible sound like they could have been tracks by Teddy Riley. Like that just really influenced his sound and listening to the video that we were listening to at the beginning and it, with this interview and that was Oprah, that was being interviewed by, you can kind of hear where like, you know, some of the elements of new Jack swing, I don't know which, you know, it's like the chicken or the egg, which came first. Was he heavily inspired by the sounds that he made, you know, in, in the studio with um, with Teddy Riley? Or was it like, these are the sounds I hear in my head. This type of music matches it closest. Who's the top of the game in, in you know, in New Jack Swing? In any case, though, it was like a match made in heaven to how it fit because he loves to because some people some people might not realize um, he doesn't play any, any instruments, Michael Jackson. No. So a lot of what he did in the studio was just that beatboxing, singing, singing parts and things. Cause he does have soul writing credits on songs. So that's how he like on who is it? He has soul writing credits. So those are some of the things he would do as far as he would sing parts. He would, you know, beatbox parts out and it really just works for new Jack swing. Um, well, you kind of get that. Well, let's pull up the, um, I think this is like the third or fourth time we played this on this podcast. <laughs> but Jam Jam is the first track on the album. Mm-hmm. Featuring Heavy D. Yep. Uh, I just said I was thinking like this album could have been called Michael and Friends. Yeah, there was a <laughs> lot of people on there. But the whole thing, like the videos too, mm-hmm. <laughs> Michael and Friends. The video for this, of course, Michael Jordan, Chris Cross. Yeah. Um, I forgot who directed it. I, it's somebody that we should know as far as who directed the video for Jam. Was it Mark Romanek, was it? Let me see. 
Uh, not telling me. Let's see. Directed. As he pulls that up, um, David Kellogg <clears throat> premiered on Fox. <laughs> Yeah, June nineteenth, nineteen ninety two, at nine thirty p.m. and we stayed up and watched it. <laughs> we stayed up and watched it. Um, but with this, this, how it how it starts the album, um, this was kind of this was the sound of hip hop at the time. This is the the hip hoppiest Michael Jackson had been at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and. To use those elements of, of New Jack Swing, uh, to use um, to use more hip hop, and who knows would that have, was that going to? I mean, it could have been considered a risk mm-hmm. to alienate his audience because combining hip hop and R and B was still a new thing. Yeah, it was still a it was a risky thing. Well, he had he a kind, huge enough fan base too, though. You know, the the first his his only rap collab at this point was with Vincent Price, who <laughs> <laughs> was kind of toasting, really more so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he had a big enough fan base to where it was a it was a risk, but not a risk at the same time. I mean, people were going to. It was one of those things where, like, you know, we'll buy whatever you make, Michael Jackson, because we love you so much. Um, as long as it has pop sensibility. We're gonna we're gonna buy it, and that's kind of what happened. Um, using the the I guess what was considered like different to people was like the scratch effect in this song. Mm-hmm. Uh, having a rapper uh, when it was a when it was a new thing and, yeah. and uh, you know it was heavy D like you said. Um, it was. It was it was new for Michael Jackson as far as his voice being with this kind of music, um, and I think it, it brought New Jack Swing to a, a wider audience. This is considered the best-selling New Jack Swing album of all yeah. time. Um, uh, there go those uh, heavy D bars right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, and this is this is a good opening track because it's kind of a. Uh, you know, of course, you want your opening track to really kind of set the tone. I think this kind of sets the tone for the album. I think also in this, um, okay, he was the last person to say "dad gummit." <laughs> he was the last person to use that. This was also like the. I don't know if you want to say like the philanthropic Michael or the like the kind of the deep thinker Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was kind of exploring it on Bad, especially with songs like Man in the Mirror. Yeah. But a lot more of his songs on this one, um, like Jam, Heal the World, Black or White, mm-hmm. Will You Be There, yeah. Keep the Faith, yeah. and Gone Too Soon. Yeah, Gone Too Soon, the song about Ryan White. About Ryan White, yeah. yeah. You know, he was exploring social issues, mm-hmm. and you don't get a lot of that anymore. You no. don't get a lot of social issues being explored in in pop music. Maybe in, maybe in hip hop, <laughs> maybe in um, you know, people covering Marvin Gaye songs is probably the closest you yeah. like R and B. But you don't get a whole lot of that. But he was doing that at the time because that's what he. Uh, 
um, it's what he felt at the time. And he, and you know, this is, uh, an example of using your platform to do some good, to, to do some good, basically, yeah. you know, basically, you know, a song like jam is about, you know, we need to, you know, we're going through all this stuff, but you know, we can still get together and, you know, be positive, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was that kind of song. Um, and uh, that's kind of one of the the themes of, of dangerous to wear. This was this was an interesting time for Michael. You know, everyone looks at, I guess, people our age, may and and younger, would look at Thriller with, you know, some kind of with like nostalgia. Yeah. Um, I look, I I do look at Thriller that way, and Off the Wall. Yeah. Um, bad is. Uh, bad and then dangerous and then going forward with that is what a lot of people know about Michael now yeah. as yeah. far as like the kind the content of his songs and the kind of the, the caricature that yeah. people wanted to paint him as. Yeah, I feel like dangerous and I mean I'm saying this about a record that sold thirty two million copies is almost like the forgotten Michael Jackson record. Yeah. You don't hear people outside of black or white um, in the general pop audience, you don't really hear people talk about the songs on this album that much. Yeah. Um, you know, who, um, I'm trying so Heal the World, of course, was supposed to be his, I think it was supposed to be kind of like his Man in the Mirror type song for this album. Um, in the or clock. Or Will You Be There. Or Will You Be There from Free Willy. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I don't know why that's funny to me that it wasn't Free Willy. Um, but like, of course, I know, like, and I feel like in the R&B community, remember the time is still pretty popular. Um, jam is popular, but like off of that album, I feel like the most remembered song right now is black or white, but people, I don't think people realize like there were some really good songs yeah. on that album. Um, like, I mean, hell that the video, um, in the closet featured was that Naomi Campbell, Naomi Campbell. you know, um, it was my, Michael and friends. Yeah. <laughs> like he Michael really used his star power on this one. I think that was, um, if you, you could pull it out, I think it was Herb Ritz. Um, fashion photographer who did that one um, and it was kind of a, a different thing at the time with the sepia colored yep that was her bricks um, and uh, he did one of Janet Jackson's videos too mm. um, and the, with the sepia colored and then <laughs> uh, that might be the, the most sexualized you'll see in Michael Jackson <laughs> and I still remember like I yeah that, and that was that's kind of a hot video yeah it was him and yeah. Naomi Campbell and to go back to what we talked about last week, is is that, you know, somebody that maybe, you know, something happened? I don't know. I don't know. Because, like, he yeah. looked he looked pretty tough in that video, if I remember correctly. Like he had he, the ponytail. Yeah, he had the ponytail with the, with, the, um, with the V-neck white T-shirt. Yeah. Trying to show off his muscles. <laughs> you know, those dancers' muscles. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, and that was, yeah, I feel like that video... Until you see it, like you kind of forget that song existed. You're yeah. like, oh yeah, that was a song. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do remember the um, the in living color uh, parody. Did they make fun of it? <laughs> God, uh, it w instead of Michael Jackson and Naomi Campbell, it was Joe Jackson and Latoya Jackson <laughs> because she had written a book <laughs> oh, about the family. And he was something so to keep in the closet. Oh God. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, 
It was pretty fun. I think it was around the time that the miniseries came out too. Sight so. and Joe Jackson. <laughs> um, Did he have a boxing nickname? I don't know. Fighting Joe Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> um, Smoking Joe Jackson. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that, I mean, I think that's like the most. Yeah, that is the most sexualized. Um, video he had to where it um i think like if you look at the 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 way you make me feel was kind of it's more like playful mm-hmm. like he trying to holler <laughs> almost stalkerish at times yeah so she was like all right it's enough, it's enough. <laughs> um and in this case um you know and and the the uh I don't know if people did it at the time, but the term in the closet mm-hmm. has a totally different meaning than what it was in the song. Yeah. Um, we'll play a little bit of that one, but basically this song is about like keeping a relationship quiet. It's got a nice little beat to it. I'm surprised. No one's, and that's another thing. I'm surprised no one's like these beats haven't been sampled more. Yeah. Cause some of these beats are pretty nice. And I've always kind of wondered that, like I would go back. I would probably, I would take this beat or probably cost too much. Yeah, good point. Probably cost too much to sample anything like after anything after. Well, starting with bad, anything going forward, it probably costs too much to sample. <laughs> Another thing about this song, you probably saw it. the The woman in this song, Princess of Monaco, Princess Stephanie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would want to know more about that story. <laughs> like, how does she end up in this? You know, I mean, it's not a. I wouldn't see it far fetched for um, for him to have the attention of royalty to mm-hmm. be in the company of of royalty around the world. Um, did Princess Stephanie see this as her way in? Is that her name? Yeah, Princess Stephanie of okay. Monaco. Mm-hmm. It was this her way, and did she was she trying to jumpstart a music career? <laughs> I don't know. Or you know, was it the way that he, like he he got to meet her, and you know, it was something that kind of sparked him in the way that she talked. So, let's see here. So yeah, she did go to L.A. to try to record an album. However, it took her five years to release it. The album Stephanie, released in 1991, met with disappointing sales and negative <laughs> reviews. Um, despite the promotional tour that included a performance in the Oprah Winfrey show. <laughs> Oprah Winfrey was giving everybody a shot back then. Stephanie then ended her music career after recording In the Closet with Michael Jackson for his album Dangerous. Um, the song became a worldwide hit and reached the top 10 in the United States. But Stephanie was credited on the single under the alias Mystery Girl. And her involvement on the... Oh, wait. Was, yeah, I think yeah. that's her. Maybe that was her. So maybe he did her a favor, you know? Well, she was on Epic, so they were label mates at the time. So maybe they were just like, hey, you know help her out man like <laughs> she really wants to be a singer she's not that good so yeah let me make sure this was on epic at the time right yeah so yeah they were label mates basically and it was probably one of those like hey throw a bone 
<laughs> Michael was like, all right, whatever, man. Y'all pay me a lot. <laughs> Y'all pay me good money. I can put up with this. Well, like, uh, what's interesting, like, it may be like a year or two ago, there was this video that went around um, with Dick Gregory mm-hmm. speaking at a, I don't know if speaking at a church or community center or something. Um, but it came up about, like, Michael Jackson. And basically he was saying, like, Michael Jackson secretly why he's worth so much money mm-hmm. is because he got a piece of almost any artist you can think of. He got a piece of their sales. Mm-hmm. Like he signed something either with Epic or Warner Brothers or so something. He signed a huge, he signed the most lucrative royalty deal. Right. So he got a piece $2 of dollars like, of every album he sold. That was unheard of at the time. <laughs> that's like what? 20 points yeah <laughs> or something it's like something that. ridiculous the, the so system. you know you sell if you're if you sell 10 million records you get 20 million <laughs> right there just you ain't do nothing you just you recorded it so you don't even i mean if, if you don't want to you don't even have to go out on the road you, no. you could sell a million and you just made two million bucks just sitting at home <laughs> just counting that money <laughs> so yeah he was getting two dollars per record when he signed with epic but the, he was also um, I don't know. It's through Epic or or something like that, or Warner, one of the big three. Mm-hmm. No, it was, it was Sony. Okay, it yeah. was Sony because Epic was part of Sony, right? Yeah. Oh, sorry. He was getting a piece of every artist on Epic or Sony. Like he would get a like. Dick Gregory had this a list, and mm-hmm. he was just reading off names in like alphabetical order. He's like still in the A's. Like any, so he was artist almost like. Uh... He like Michael Jackson got a piece of it. I don't know if it was like a point or two or something like that, but whatever they sold, he was getting money off of that. It was just adding to his to his to his estate. He was like Red Grange. He just wanted like a, like the first artist to get a piece of the door. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because I was reading up on him, and um, one of the things that inspired him to like start doing stuff like that was when he found out that. Um, Oh God! What was it? Paul McCartney made forty million in one year off of just other people's music, mm. and so that's when he started looking into buying Ooh, rights. Yeah, that's when he bought the uh, the the Beatles catalog. Yeah, that was a total clutch business yeah. move. Yeah, and so and it's interesting if you ever get a chance to read up on it. But yeah, he um, he found out that you know Paul McCartney was making all this money a year off of just doing nothing just off of other people's songs and he started looking into that's when he started buying up rights to songs and so the company that owned the rights to all the Beatles songs came up for sale they tried to give the first right of refusal to Paul McCartney who refused to buy it because or who declined because he didn't want to own the rights to both his songs and John Lennon's songs he didn't feel that was right oh I thought he didn't he had to like so he, he tried to, to get Yoko he did go and try to get Yoko to go in, but ultimately they just declined to do it. But he didn't want to be the sole owner, which is why he went to Yoko, because he didn't oh. feel it was right to own the rights to both songs. And then Michael just swooped in there. Yep, Michael swooped in. <laughs> and with that's the, why they weren't friends anymore. With the ninth hour. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and just yeah, just scooped him up like and started making that money. <laughs> and uh, the, uh, like there was one clip. Uh, um, <laughs> he like. He kind of impersonated Michael. Oh, and it was that was so funny. <laughs> he was like, he's like, come on, Mike. He's like, come, like, come on, my word. He's like, oh, that, that's business. <laughs> I said, no, that's not business. That's friends. He's like, what about friendship? 
It's like, man, it's, it's, it's show business, not show friends. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So I can imagine, yeah, he made a lot of money off of this album, probably, you know, made money off of these, some of the artists he worked with. Um, yeah. Do you, so do you have, is there a standout song for you on this record? Um, well, jam is my, is my favorite. Okay. That is my favorite. Um, it's, I think it's a great way to start the album. Um, uh, other than that, um, I would say it's, uh, it's remember the time. Good song. Good song. Uh, just because it's, uh, (laughs) there was this, um, thread that a guy had on Twitter basically talking about the video and how Michael Jackson was an asshole in the video. <laughs> he was. <laughs> was he a dirty Mac maybe? <laughs> yeah, well, not a dirty Mac. Uh well, actually yes. Cuz that actually, was the princess. Yes. That was the queen he was going after, so. But but he they had already had a previous relationship, <laughs> but no one knew that. Yeah. Except them, and then with the song, everyone figures it out. Like, so this, I think and he's this singing is a time, about the time that they was together. <laughs> if it's a time of like kings and queens and royalty, you know, if somebody, if someone insulted the king in the slightest way, off with your head, you're done. <laughs> yeah. You are done. And here comes this light skinned dude with like loafers and pants. Well, we all were running around here and like, like wait, hold up. <laughs> Spain. <laughs> Spain. Where, where, how, what were y'all doing in Spain? What's this about? And then you try to chase him, and he turns into dust. Hold on. What's <laughs> like, now? Hold on. What's Spain? <laughs> what's all I know is pyramids. What's Spain? Uh, let me see if I can find if I can find because I think I reposted it on my. And of course, if you're into Facebook. conspiracies, aliens. <laughs> Some of y'all will get that. Some of you won't. It's. Just go look up aliens in Egypt and you'll, you'll get it. Yeah. Um, let me see if I can find it here. It was, it was, I think it was like sometime last month, but basically, yeah, Michael was an asshole in that video. Um, trying to steal the queen <laughs> in front of the King's face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is, that is dirty Mackin. Yeah. It's basically saying, yeah. Yeah, I, I fucked your girl. <laughs> and he's saying that in front of everybody. <laughs> what you gonna do? <laughs> so I'm, I'm reading here too. So set in ancient Egypt, groundbreaking visual effects. I had to remember he did a little spin and he disappeared. So okay, Eddie Murphy, okay. Iman, The Far Side, Magic Johnson, Tom Tiny Lister Jr., and Wiley Draper, who played him in the movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, I I haven't seen the video in a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time for me as well. Uh, okay, so basically, I'll give you a little bit. Of, uh, Michael Jackson was an asshole. Remember the time Pharaoh ain't deserve any of the disrespect. Queen had an attitude moment. But the video started talking about I want to be entertained. Can my Pharaoh find some way to entertain his queen? <laughs> Pharaoh, being the real nigga that he is, claps his hands and entertainment appears. <laughs> How the nigga supposed to know the queen used to fuck with a magical piece of shit? <laughs> if I'm Vero, I would have stabbed NJ the second he uttered, fell in love. Because that's the first time I saw <laughs> Michael Jackson walked into a pyramid and went down memory lane with Pharaoh's wife. <laughs> and then there's a shot of like Eddie Murphy like side-eyeing her. And he just captures as bitch. <laughs> 
how this thing got this far still amazes me. Michael Jackson walked into another man's living room and seduced his wife in the middle of ancient Egypt. Would have executed him the second I see this. <laughs> he said, now this nigga dancing through all the rooms of the pyramid like shit a joke. Y'all tell me Pharaoh deserved this? <laughs> Niggas of the pyramid dancing with Mike. Yeah, really? <laughs> MJ talking about, do you remember Spain? And I know that shit echoing through the crib. <laughs> <laughs> like Spain do you know how far Spain is <laughs> are you kidding me uh, it's tw- it is 2017 he took her to Spain before Christ <laughs> <laughs> he said nigga yelled <laughs> in another man's house <laughs> he said I'm the only nigga allowed to yell in my house who is this? Oh, God. <laughs> this is uh, NY underscore wise ass on Twitter. Oh, Thank God. you. Um, <laughs> said, uh, what's after that? Yell that shit if you want to. You ain't leaving my home safely. <laughs> it's like, matter of fact, why are you yelling at all in my pyramid? <laughs> on the phone. On the phone, you and me till dawn, till three. Should have got MJ beheaded. <laughs> Then here go these disloyal citizens. <laughs> Start dancing with them. <laughs> really imagine they go walk into your whole screen with asking your queen about Spain. Really imagine that. I'm going to jail if I ever experience that. <laughs> um, he said, if you spin into dust in my home, I'm getting my vacuum and I'm going to wait for you to spin back out of that bag. He's like, and how they do the choreography. <laughs> Oh I God. love the long Twitter stories. Oh man, but that hey, um. <laughs> hey no, it's true. Everything's true. The but I, but I. <laughs> oh man. Um, and when did this one debut? I'm trying to see the when the video for this one. I know it was after the episode of Living Color. I know this one premiered on Fox. Let's see. Oh, no, this one premiered on MTV <clears throat> and Fox and BET on February 2nd, 1992. And uh doesn't say what time. Then it says after the video premiered, um, MTV aired a rockumentary called More Dangerous Than Ever that showed the making of the video. I wonder if this is where they got the idea that making the video could work. <laughs> I think so. Like, with the video becoming the event. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a short film, but you want to keep people interested. You want to find out how this how this came to be. Yeah, and you know, a lot of money being spent here <laughs> on um, the special effects, on the on the star power. So yeah, that was a Sunday. I'm looking here, <clears throat> Sunday, February second, 1992, and let's see what happened. Was, on that was a week after Super Bowl. See if they have anything here. What happened that day? Um. Hmm. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody slash These Are the Days of Our Lives. Reservoir Dogs was was out. Um, it doesn't mention. Let me see here. Oh, that that's the Bohemian rap. That's when Wayne's World. Yeah. came out. Movies. Poison Ivy came out. That <laughs> that's interesting. TV series. Archer's Goons. I don't remember any of these shows. 
Yeah, this isn't very good. This is called Take Me Back to What Happened on That Day. On this day, February 2nd, 1992, what happened on this day? Colleen Walker wins Oldsmobile L- LPGA Golf Classic. Danny Everett runs the world record 400 meters. Um, Willie Nelson settles a <laughs> $9 million tax bill. Who is Danielle White? NFC beat the AFC. That's that's uh, important. <laughs> they don't have remember the time? Ah, oh, this is... Ugh, I can't trust these sites. Mm-mm-mm. Can't believe they didn't put that as a um as an event. That ah, that happened. Barry Bond signs a huge contract. That was the days of like the four year mm-hmm. five million dollar contract, and that was like, oh my god, he's making all this money. Four point seven million dollars a year. No no, hold on. Yeah, that was a single year contract of four point seven million dollars. That was the highest at the time. Oh my, where we have come. <laughs> Nowadays, you can offer that somebody $4.7 million. That is, that is the vet minimum. Yeah. That's an insult. <laughs> How could you think I'd, I'd take my talents to somewhere else? <laughs> I'm trying to wait for it to get to the... The, <laughs> the machine gun? <laughs> there you go. That was his thing, man. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, another, another great song where... Only he can do his own background vocals. Yeah. Choreographed by uh, Fatima Robinson, who did um, some uh, Aaliyah videos. Several Aaliyah videos, actually. Rock the Belt, Hot Like Fire, Try Again, We Need a Resolution, Are You That Somebody More Than a Woman? Wow. Oh, wait, this is it. (laughs) (laughs) So, this is funny. I wonder if she got... Yeah, they worked together on The Wiz, too. I wonder if he knew her from The Wiz. Who? Um, Robinson. Oh, yeah. Says she, the Wiz. Save the, save the Last Dance. Oh, man. Who remembers that movie? Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, a lot of good memories from from just from that video in general. Um, what about you? What is there a standout track for oh, you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who is it? <laughs> Who is it is is my is my standout song. I remember showing my age here, listening to it on my Walkman. Cassette or CD? Cassette. Mm. Oh yeah, cassette. Yeah. Um, the beginning, of course, is, is like you know the haunting vocals, and I remember kind of like he did. So the 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 video that we played, the clip we played at the beginning, I remember watching that on TV. And, you know, trying to beatbox this like Michael Jackson and trying to sing this like Michael Jackson and trying to figure out what the hell he was saying (laughs) because he wasn't the clearest singer. He didn't articulate the most when he sang. So honestly, probably didn't learn a lot of the lyrics until like maybe a few years ago, (laughs) five or 10 years ago. But just remember thinking like this was this was such a beautiful song. And then like, you know, the kind of I don't know if he's really crying at the end of the song or whatever, but like. The who is it part just I remember everything about this song just was amazing to me and just trying to sing it and just the way he sings like he goes from like you know singing in his smooth voice to singing in his more you know his hard his harder voice which I felt like was the voice he used when he did more rock stuff um he was all over the place on this song I loved it but this is this is my standout track on this song and one that this does not get old 
Yeah. Um, you know, it, along with the the themes of, you know, uh, you know, him being the the thinker and the trying to find positivity in the world, trying yeah. to do some good. Uh, with the songs that he had about, with the songs with dealing with a relationship in some mm-hmm. way. Um, a lot of uh, uh, there were some times like I guess the songs that are popular, the songs that you might like, are the ones who are that kind of a dark subject matter as far as relationships go. Yeah. Um, in the closet, I think that's about you know keep a relationship secret and probably get away sexual repression. Yep. Um, and then a song like "Remember the Time," you know, if that's about somebody. <laughs> If Who'd that's about somebody about? we know, it's a it's a very short list. It's probably something we've seen. Was it Madonna? Is it Tatum O'Neill? Is it Brooke Shields? Is it Diana Ross? Is it Diana Ross? <laughs> Reach out and touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, is it actually Iman? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I don't think she had married Bowie yet. Or maybe she had just married him. Yeah. <laughs> but I have to wonder, like, you know, who is this song about? You know, who is, Yeah. you know, is it something from the past where, like, you know, maybe he fell for somebody and his brothers, one of his brothers? Yeah, I think, like, uh, a song like Billie Jean and mm-hmm. I think Dirty Diana Yeah. kind of explores that theme as far as the groupie, yeah. the groupie angle. Um. I think a lot of people don't realize that. What, Dirty that, Diana? That Dirty Diana and Billie Jean are about groupies. Yeah. I don't see how they wouldn't. <laughs> Especially Dirty Dirty Diana, to me, um, is one of those songs, and I love a song that tells a story, and that song tells a story. Yeah. Like, he doesn't, like, you don't have to go to Genius to figure out what that song's <laughs> about. He tells you right then. You know, I said unlock the door because I forgot the key. He's not coming home because he's sleeping with me. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's that's a, that's serious, you know. Um, and this song is serious too. Like he's singing about heartbreak. He's like, you, you, you done me wrong, and I want to know who is it. Like, tell me who is it. Is it my brother? Is it a friend of mine? I can't, you know, I can't and take it no more. Um, that 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 may shed some light. Um, if something like Billie Jean or Dirty Diana, maybe based on his experiences with his brothers in the Jackson Jackson Five, yeah, Randy and Jermaine mm-hmm. have kids by the same woman. Ooh. So okay. this may have been like around that time, or, mm-hmm. or or something like that, to where, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> She's cheating on my brother with my other brother. Yeah, <laughs> you know maybe something like that. Yeah, because a lot. Of, I think a lot of his songs were low key inspired by his real life. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't like think as there's far any, as like yeah question about that. Really, in really intense subject matter. If you think about it, and probably the songs he writes, so like heal the world is just trying to like get out of that mindset for just yeah. a minute. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> um, he said, you know, if anyone who's watched the miniseries, um, he says he has. A, thousands of stories in his head yeah you know and that came out in his songs mm-hmm. so i don't i'm i'm, I'm just I'm, I'm speculating yeah I maybe that that may have happened after this song came out yeah 
or maybe four. Yeah. I mean, it seems like the Jacksons outside of besides <laughs> Michael, everybody else got it in on the road. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I would also say so. The second one for me would probably be have to be "Can't Let Her Get Away," which was also in Meteor Man. <laughs> um, that one is one of those like another one like I would sample that beat as well. It's a nice little beat. Um, this one is just one of those songs that like when I was a kid it was just really fun. I mean, you know, not much more to it. I like the chord progression um, in the verses. It's a really kind of a nice, kind of a smooth chord progression. Um, but it's just, I don't know, it's just a really kind of cool song to jam to, listen to. I mean, it's, it doesn't, I mean, it's nothing complicated about it. It's just a fun song. Yeah. I, I, I'm. <laughs> this makes me think of like, like the menu music for some video game. I could hear that. <laughs> I could. Well, you know, he was supposed to work on um, Sonic. Yeah, he was supposed to work on Sonic. I can't remember what song it was that was blood. On, maybe it was Blood on the Dance. No, no, it was. Um, I think it was Stranger in Moscow was supposed to be a reworked version of the closing theme to Sonic. Hmm. But after the all the uh, child molestation charges came out and everything, they dropped him from the project. But he just reworked the song, so. So maybe he had a little bit of like, you know, yeah, I could video games. I could do that. Um, I guess at the what's interesting, like I said, at the time to where we look at we look at um, Thriller and Off the Wall with nostalgia mm-hmm. and the um, I just say the rise of the tabloid or, or however you want to look at that as far as like um Following following celebrities around, yeah, um, you know, with the salacious stories, you know, if it's something like child molestation or you know, is he bleaching his skin? Why does he have all these animals? Yeah, you know, when you're an eccentric person, uh, you draw more attention to yourself, even mm-hmm. though you try to avoid it, but you try to be yourself. But people are, you know, think that's weird when you do something that's not just not considered the norm. <laughs> not considered the norm. I yeah. mean, who has a pet giraffe and a monkey yeah. mm-hmm. named Bubbles? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, why is your why are you why does your skin look like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't look like that ten years ago. Yeah, you look like a totally different person. Um, you know, when there are things going on with the celebrity, people want to know why. Yeah, and when you have the success that he was having. Um, the spotlight is going to be off you. It's going to be on you yeah. off the stage. Sometimes. I can't imagine what his life would have been like if he was around today. You know, I couldn't imagine Michael Jackson. Hell, even if he just became a child, a child star in the late '90s and begin to come of age around 2013, 2014, 2015. You know, like that would have we man, like <laughs> it'd have been crazy. You know, like and honestly. And I don't even know if this is would be considered disrespectful. We'd probably know for sure if he had done it, because yeah. like those kids probably would have put it on Snapchat, or they would have put it on some sort of. There would have been some some kind of video uh, evidence, some kind of video evidence, yeah, or something more tangible with evidence. Because mm-hmm. um, he seemed like he was incredibly trusting, and I don't think he would have been the type of celebrity that would have been like no phones in my house. I think he would have been okay with it, and they probably would have tried to use it against him. 
I think he would have. I would think he would have been a no phones person. So? Yeah, because I know. Um, I'm trying to think who I know. The first time like, I heard of a celebrity he, like that was with his kids, Derek Jeter. With his kids, mm-hmm. like if Blanket is actually, I think if you if he's, we've seen the video of him like you know hanging Blanket over the balcony. Yeah, <laughs> but he had his face covered. Yeah. Mm, good point. Yeah, he probably so would have been with him buried. being private to where look, I, I don't want you to get pictures of my kids. I, mm-hmm. I think he's he was that kind of private person to where um, he would have been a no phones person. Yeah, maybe. Good point. Didn't even think about that. Um, but basically, like it was kind of like okay, stories here and there as mm-hmm. far as when bad came out. Yeah. But then by the time Dangerous came out, it was like full blown. Like, it seems like we know every part of his life. Yeah. And um, what he's doing outside of music mm-hmm. is almost as um, newsworthy as the music itself. Yeah. And through it all, he still sold. <laughs> he still sold a ton of records. Yeah. <laughs> through it all. So. Um, what else like like when listening to this album if you went back and listened to it this week or whatever um, what was any anything that kind of like stood out to you as far as um, did it make you like think of anything bring up any memories or anything like that well I, I listened to it pretty regularly so um, the memories I have associated with it are, are I mean they're pretty constant of course you know, when I was in elementary school, my friends and I were obsessed with Michael Jackson. And out of our group, I was the only one who could sing. So I, they always wanted me to sing Michael Jackson. <laughs> so like that's and so, of course, the first two albums I discovered by him were Thriller and Bad. And of course, I said in you know previous episodes, I listened to those on repeat, 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 repeat. So then when Dangerous came out and that was my first Michael Jackson album that I got to discover on my own, that's and I think that's why this one's such a personal album to me because it was the first one I got on my own. I didn't discover it because of my sister. I discovered it because of myself. And so the songs probably mean a little bit more to me just because of that. Who is it? You know, black or white. Um, Can't let her get away. Jam in the closet. Dangerous, which is, you know, another one of my favorites. Those songs mean a lot to me just because I discovered them on my own. And then, you know, trying to, you know, to be the one to sing them for my friends, because, you know, of course you have, you know, you have the tapes and everything like, but, you know, we don't, you don't have streaming or YouTube or anything like that. So I can't see Michael Jackson perform it live or I can listen to it, but I have to rewind it again and stuff like that. So like, you know, it was singing the songs and imitating the artist was almost like entertainment in itself back then. So like, you know, we'd be outside playing and stuff and they'd be like, hey, sing, who is it? sing you know this sing that you know and it's just like it was so those are associated those are my biggest memories associated with this album aside from you know the music itself you know always trying to perform it always trying to sing it and that's you know and trying to perfect you know the things that he does like the vocal hiccup and the way he would gasp for air when he would sing and the he he's and like all that stuff like because you want to sound just like him. So you try as, as much as you can to really emulate that sound. And yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was something all in its own. <laughs> um, I think the, you know, this was, you can look at, 
basically you look at Thriller and Bad as 80s Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dangerous and History mm-hmm. is 90s Michael Jackson. And I think they're two totally different. Very different. Two totally different people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like with... Um, maybe it is... Well, I'll ask you this. Do you think it's production or just... Or is it just time or, you know, dangerous? I think dangerous and thriller. Yes, they don't sound alike, but (laughs) it's a totally different feel for both with both albums. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, Dangerous was a little bit more urban. It was New Jack Swing. It was, I mean, not to say that because I mean, like, let's be honest. I mean, like, while thriller was pop, there were soul elements to it, but like. You know, like it didn't feature rappers like this was like distinctively a little bit more urban. You know, yeah, he had the guitars on um, or on black or white, but like jam a little bit more urban. Um, remember the time. That's an R&B song. Mm-hmm. That's as R&B as it gets. Um, so I, I think that was really kind of, you know, where, you know, <clears throat> it kind of influenced his sound moving forward. Um listening to certain tracks off of off of history as well you know he had you were not alone r kelly penned song he had scream which was kind of like a pop r&b rock song um childhood which was really more in the vein of his classical ballads and stuff but like stranger in moscow was almost kind of like an r&b ballad type song so he really kind of moved into that more more of an urban sound but it was I think it was fully realized on Dangerous and was it because he worked with Teddy Riley, who had such hip hop R and B ties? Probably. That you know, and like I said, I think maybe he, he was just drawn to that sound naturally anyway. All right. Um I was looking at the um also with the Grammy nominations that it got. Uh it got four Grammy nominations. Um Best pop vocal performance for black or white, best R&B vocal performance for and best R&B song for jam. And Teddy Riley and Bruce Sweetian won Grammy for best engineered album, non-classical. Hmm. Uh, I was trying to see if it had won. Um, let me look at his awards here. I thought it was nominated for album of the year. I wasn't sure. Um, let me pull it up here and it wasn't Dangerous was not nominated for album of the year so that would have been 1993 curious to see who was nominated that year because that, that's when that would have come out basically it would have it came out well it came out in 91 right yeah but it, w- it was for the 93 Grammys yeah because it wouldn't have made the deadline so so that year um uh, Al Jarreau's Heaven and Earth won the best R&B, best male R&B vocal performance. And for the best male pop vocal performance, it was Eric Clapton's Tears in Heaven. So that's interesting. So album of the year was Eric Clapton for Unplugged, <laughs> <laughs> which hard to argue. That's that was a pretty good album. Um, and Tears in Heaven, that was his year. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. And for uh, Best R&B Song that year, he was nominated for Jam, but it went to End of the Road by Boys to Men. Hard to argue <laughs> against that one, too. <laughs> um, very interesting category. Like, that year, uh, also nominated in that same category. Oh. Uh, Ain't Too Proud to Beg by TLC. Man. Uh, I'll Be There uh, because Mariah Carey's cover yeah. of it on Unplugged. Um, and my love and you're never going to get it by in vogue. And I'm looking here at the, um, at the nominees for album of the year. Anjouine, Katie Lang, Anjanou, Anjanou. Why did I say Anjouine? Anjanou, Diva, um, Annie Lennox, mm-hmm. Octung Baby, U2, and then the Beauty and the Beast soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, hard to compete with that. Like mm-hmm. may, if you think he was snubbed, yeah, I wouldn't argue with you on that. But was he going to win? Uh, hard, hard to say. Yeah, hard to say. Yeah. Um, but I think this was this was a great. Um, like I said, it's the it's the hip hoppiest he had ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, it's then, and I agree with you. It's it's well, it's it's very urban. It's the probably the most urban he had been. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he ad- still added some rock elements to it, you know, that he had on bad and on thriller, mm-hmm. uh, the song give in to me, which yeah. features slash. Yep. Um, I wonder what that was like getting called from Michael Jackson <laughs> to be on a record. <laughs> Cause I mean, they're, they were big in their own right, you yeah. know, but Michael Jackson called, you know, it's like, okay. Basically I'm- like he on thriller, he had probably the best guitar player in the world mm-hmm. or at least the most famous guitar player in the world than Danny Van Halen um, on Thriller for for Beat It and then I don't know I don't know if he had that kind of song on on Bad Mm-mm. no I'm surprised he didn't try to make the title track that song but no he didn't have that type of song um, he still had some a couple of heavy hitters on on bad. Well, kind of, Dirty Diana, kind of, but I mean, he didn't. Dirty Diana. Who was on Dirty Diana? I don't know. I don't know if there was a solo on that. I know he. I want to think on the This Is It album tour, he had Orianti, who was going to play on it, but, um, yeah. But um, yeah. That's... I was uh, Paul Jackson Jr. and the and the guitar solo was by Steve Stevens. That name sounds familiar. Uh, Billy Idol's guitars. Okay, that's why it sounds. Yeah, yeah. yeah we had mentioned that before, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, and then he goes out and gets Slash, who's probably you know back then in ninety one, eighty nine, the, the best guitar player in the world. Yeah, you know, probably one of the yeah. most known. Yeah, with Guns and Roses. Um. So and I, I mean, from what I've read, he's always had a thing for really good guitar players, um, which is why he you know went and sought out Orianti to get her on that tour because she was, you know, she had style, she had flair and she's really good. And I think that's what drew him to her. So, um, anything else you'd like to add here? <laughs> um, I remember when I was, uh, another memory. I remember, um, so I know you and I, we went to the little grand Canyon, Providence Canyon. I've been there a few times since the first time I ever went there with my father and he was taking me and a bunch of the Cub Scouts I was with there. We, of course, like my friends were in the Cub Scouts and we love this album. We love dangerous. <laughs> so I had him play it and he was playing the song dangerous. Um, and of course, Michael Jackson says the word damn in there. 
remember my dad being like, what, whoa, what, what's this? What's this? I need to, do I need to turn this off? We're like, no, no, don't turn off Michael. Don't turn off Michael. <laughs> I just remember thinking, like, remember, that's like one of the memories just in the car, <laughs> you know, like me and like three of my other best friends rolling down there, listening to Michael Jackson's Dangerous. Like we've listened to it nonstop. That, that song, that song was written after Jam mm-hmm. and someone was like, Michael, you can't say dad gummit. <laughs> He's like, can, is it okay to say damn? It's okay to say damn. You can say it. It's okay. And now we have an album, album called damn, <laughs> which I feel bad for like the young kids who want to buy it. Like mommy, can you buy me that new Kendrick Lamar album? D word. <laughs> Darn. Dang it. Like they bring home like, boy, I ain't buying you no album called Damn. Uh-uh. Ain't no damn way. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yeah, that will that will do it for our discussion on Dangerous. That girl was so dangerous. <laughs> um, uh, so, for my earroom of the week, um, this is an artist from... I think he's from Atlanta, Uh-oh. or he at least moved here. Um, let me pull up his biography. And just like with our other earworms, we do have a BTTYHT earworms playlist, which you can find on Spotify. Uh, yes, he is from Atlanta. Um, and he grew up in the church, singing in the choir, but also <laughs> listening to Eminem, 50 Cent, and Outkast. It totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had an EP come out last year called Surf the Web. That was his uh, his second project, or he had an album also called Soul Glitch. And well, the EP Surf the Web. Uh, some of those songs came into his official debut album called No Data. And this is a song that it was on my Discover Weekly playlist. Okay. And it's called Finish Line. And uh, when I first heard the song, I thought it was produced by someone in particular. Totally wasn't, but he was inspired <laughs> by them. So I'll uh, play the song and Ben will tell you who he thinks it sounds like. <laughs> so this is Finish Line by Dayjack. His name is Dayjack. And uh, this is from his... Um, Either the EP Surf the Web or his album No Data. It's on it's on both of those. So we'll play that and we'll be right back. Finish line. Get to move and finish line. 
cute with that. Ain't here to small talk, don't need your chat. Know that I was made in the lap. The scientist screaming, oh my God. Give him swagger, a tone beach bod. Let him hit the streets, let the nigga die. What I mean to be great when you at halftime. When you're 20 years old, never had a touchdown. When you lose a control, all your butt has been gone. You confused, you alone, never earned you a dime. line by day jack and uh ben who does it sound like oh yeah this oh i mean it's to me it sounds like nerd which is basically <laughs> pharrell and, and hugo chad hugo the neptunes um i mean this honestly sounds like it could have been from their first album yeah um which now i cannot think of the name of it in search of in search of what was the second one that was um uh fly or die yeah fly or die they changed a little bit this sounds like it would have been from in search of because uh, with In Search Of, they had a Spy band, Mob. Inside. Spy Mob played the instruments. Yeah. And then on Fly or Die, they played the instruments. Yeah. Which they have a, you know, um, Pharrell as a drummer sounds very different from the guy from Spy Mob. This, but this sounds like it could have been like a cut track from that album. <laughs> Especially the la- the heavy, thick synth. That was totally the hallmark of NERD at the start of their <laughs> career. You can even hear it in Rockstar. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so that will do it. That will do it for our program. Ben? Yes? <laughs> tell the people where we can be found. You can find us at... Uh, in the Trap. In the Trap. It's going down. <laughs> Someone played a remix of that song. Where it's I forgot where I was last weekend. And I was like, oh, no. Like, it was... Yeah. Um, you know what? It might have been Kendra's brother, Josh. No, it was Nicole. She was trying to play. They were playing old songs. She was like, "Oh, oh, y'all gonna remember this one?" And um, like you, you could hear like um, Young Jock, you know, talking at the beginning, and then it was like some weird remix. She's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" And she went and got it. Had to change it. Yeah, and then we all started doing the motorcycle. All right, <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find us at by the time you hear this dot com website. Go on there and interact with us, talk to us, leave us comments and and such. Um, you can also find us at facebook dot com slash by the time you hear this. Website and our Facebook is spelled with the word U, Y-O-U. If you want to find us on the more stylish social media, you can find us on Instagram. By the time you hear this, spelled with the letter U because we're kneeling. Um, We're upstanding. Upstanding. Up up, up kneeling standing. I don't know. We're upstanding, but we're kneeling. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not bums. Something like that. You bum. (laughs) Bum. But the Pittsburgh Penguins are going. Eh, go figure. All right. Um, you can find us. Um, I wonder why. Mm-hmm. You can find us. Uh, well, no, you can email us at by the time you hear this at gmail.com. Spelled the same way as our Instagram with a U. Um, if you want to find us to listen to us, Podomatic, you can find us on Satchel Podcast Player, Auto Radio, Overcast, um, TuneIn Radio, which is actually pretty good for listening to live radio as well. I've forgotten how good it was. Um, you can find us on iTunes, um, podcast. That's what it's called, right? Apple podcast, Apple podcast, which is AKA iTunes, Google play. Um, 
I think that's all of them. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. So <laughs> look us up. Um, drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah. All that um, good stuff. So, um, uh, what should we end the show with? Oh, I'm going with Dangerous, bro. The title Dangerous, track. Dangerous. <laughs> the title track. Yes, of course. The song that he performed on the MTV VMAs and did the Bankhead Bounce. He did, he did oh the God. bankhead bounce. Oh, it wasn't man. the long bankhead bounce, but he did it. <laughs> um, it's kind of like with the the last episode there, the video of Janet Jackson performing. She did the Millie Rock <laughs> <laughs> during one of her shows. Um, so, yeah, we'll end the show with Dangerous, the title track by Michael Jackson. And uh, thank you all for listening. Um, maybe you'll watch this later on Facebook live. <laughs> um, and, uh, we'll talk to you guys very, very soon. Peace. Peace.